Hi, my name is White James Moore, and you are listening to my dad and your host of the Lifestyle Asset University podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to today's Lifestyle Asset University podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I promised you an interview today, and I apologize. We're going to have to put that off till next week with somebody I'm really excited for you to meet, but we she's up in the mountains, and... It's been it was a difficult connection, so we're gonna we're gonna fly solo today, and I've got a little bit of a fun story for you, a serious message, but hopefully a fun story. It's a little embarrassing for me, but hopefully you guys get some enjoyment out of it. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of taking massive action. You've heard me say over and over that action leads to results, results lead to momentum, and ultimately momentum leads to success. However, massive action without a plan can lead to absolute disaster sometimes. If you take max, massive action without a plan, sometimes you get a desired result, sometimes you don't get the desired result because there's no plan and direction. And as action always leads to results, it doesn't always lead to your desired result. Like I said, it's important to have some direction and detail to the action we're taking. Have you ever heard Tony Robbins talk? He, he talks about taking massive action. You can take massive action running for the sunset He says, but if you're running east, you're going to never make it, right? You're running the wrong way. You're never going to make it to that sunset. And as we go through life, we all learn these lessons at different points. And there's sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. Sometimes we're slow learners. I happen to be one of the slow learners. I remember back in junior high, back in, I was in seventh grade, and I came from a really modest upbringing. We lived in a little bit tougher part of town, um, and, and we decided to move to a little bit nicer area at that point in my life. And we just moved to a new school. I didn't know very many people. And you know, you're trying to fit in, you don't know a lot of people. And I remember at the time, um, you know, when we moved to this nicer area, we weren't we weren't exactly, you know, well to do. And when we moved to the nicer area, I really it really like showed that I was not well to do, right? There was there were people in my school that were, you know, a, 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 let's just say a whole different um, economic class than we were, right? And my parents moved us to this great area and great school and did very well for us. But you know, we just didn't have the a lot of the things that everybody else had. And I remember at the time going and trying out for a basketball team. And I was a seventh grader and there's in our junior highs, it was seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And I tried out for the basketball team and I actually happened to make it. And I was the only seventh grader on the team. And I was really proud of that fact. I was really excited, but I was always a little embarrassed. At the time I went to, to play basketball and I always played with, you know, if, if you remember Payless shoes, if anybody remembers growing up with Payless shoes, um, I, that's where we've got all of our shoes. Nothing wrong with Payless. Not trying to, not trying to put Payless down, but they weren't the, exactly the most popular pair of shoes in school, right? I had, they, if their their athletic shoes were called XJ 900s, and I remember having these XJ 900s that I always played basketball with, and I up until junior high I really didn't know any better. I didn't know that one well, was a lot better than the other, especially the area that I had come from. A lot of us wore XJ 900s, right? It wasn't like. Everybody had Air Jordans around the area that I that I came up from and grew up in. When I moved to this junior high, though, everybody had these like cool Nikes on and the, the Reebok pumps back in the day and just like the, the cool shoes, right? Jordans were out. I, I remember making the team. And if anybody has ever, like you've ever got caught in a lie, like with your parents, you go into this. And I, I went in and I was like, okay, I'm, I've got this story built up. I made the team. I'm going to go tell my mom I made the team. 
but I really wanted a pair of Nikes. I really wanted another, a pair of shoes like the other guys had, right? Because I, I, was, I was wearing my Payless XJ900s. I just didn't feel like I was fitting in and I was worried about it. And I went in and I talked to my mom and dad and I told them that you know, I made the team. They were so excited. And I said, well, you know, there's, there's one thing that we have to do, mom. And I, I know we can't afford it a lot, but um, we have a team shoe. In order to play on this team, I have to have a team shoe. And they looked at me and said, okay, well, what's, you know, what's the team shoe? They were awesome about it. They weren't disappointed at all. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Didn't really think it through past this point. Like, what the hell was I going to say when they asked me? So the first thing I could think of was Nikes. I just said, I, I have to have a pair of Nikes. And she, okay, well, what kind of Nikes? And, and that's where I kind of froze like a deer in the headlights. Like, oh, shit. I don't, um, I, think it, I think it just has to be Nikes. So at this point, you know, you're a parent. Now I'm a parent. I know we know when our kids are when our kids are making stuff up, and I'm sure they did. But they were very nice about it. They said, "Well, okay, well, great. Well, let's go try to find you a pair of Nikes." And uh, and and that was that was kind of that. I I kind of got caught, but there was like there was nothing that really like really came down hard on me. They were really great about me like trying to get these pair of Nikes and and let me slide by with my little lie. Maybe I wish they had come down a little bit harder on me at that point because that same year, I'm, I'm still trying to fit in, right? You know, and I'm still trying to figure this out. And back in the day, they, the Jerbo jeans and guest jeans were really popular at my school. And then the, and there, there was these shirts that were called Quicksilver shirts. And I don't know if this is just in, in my area, but these, this, these were like the big deal, right? They had these Quicksilver shirts had the, the stripes on them and they had this massive Quicksilver sign on it. And so everybody wore Quicksilver shirts, guest jeans, and Jerbos every day. And I had none of them. And at the time, my, my dad has always owned a sewing machine company and my mom always made all of our clothes. And I, I went to school with homemade clothes many times. And, and if I didn't have homemade clothes, they weren't the designer clothes. And so I go to school and I'm, you know, I'm trying to fit in still. This is a, this is a few months later and still, like I said, I'm a slow learner and decided to take some more action, right? And so I'm like, well, you know, like I said, I'm an action taker and I love action takers, but sometimes you don't think your action's all the way through. And I remember walking home from school one day and I saw a pair of guest jeans in somebody that somebody threw away. I'm like, who the hell would throw a pair of guest jeans away? So kind of looked around, see if anybody was looking and I had this brilliant idea that went through my head at that stage and I thought, shit, I'm just gonna go grab these jeans and on the back of guest jeans, they have this triangle that says guess on them. And I thought, I'm gonna take these guest jeans and I'm gonna sew this triangle on my jeans. So brilliant idea, right? I mean, seventh grade, I know I've got, I know how to sew. My, my dad owns a sewing machine company. My mom makes all my clothes. I mean, I can figure this out. So I sneak these guest jeans in my backpack and I make it home. And that night I'm so excited. I find my favorite pair of jeans that I wore and I, I unstitched the, the patch on the guest jeans and decided to sew them onto my jeans on my pocket. And so got it all done, got my little project done. And I thought, oh, this is, is going to be awesome. I'm going to go to school tomorrow with a pair of guest jeans. I can't believe it. I get in school. I'm walking in, uh, walking in the doors. My chest is bump, pumped out. And I make sure that my shirt's tucked in so people can see the old guest patch on it. And everybody starts laughing at me and pointing and saying, you know, what the hell are you wearing? And I'm like, what the hell do you mean what am I wearing? I'm wearing a pair of guest jeans. And they're looking at me and my buddies are like, dude, those are girls' jeans. And I'm like, man, fuck you. These aren't girls' jeans. These are guest jeans. I bought them at the guest store. 
And he's like, dude, girls, dude, and, and here's where I, again, I didn't, I didn't think of the details far enough, right? I didn't pay attention to the details. I took some action, but I didn't really pay attention to the details. Well, guest jeans, the girls' guest jeans have a red outline on them, and the boys' guest jeans have a, a green outline on the triangle, and they have green on them instead of red. Well, I, I grabbed a pair of girls, and I, I took the patch off a pair of girls' jeans. So I have a red guest patch on my, on my pants. And I'm like, so still, I'm sticking to my story. I'm like, man, you guys, they made a mistake. I bought these in the boys' department at Guess, so you guys can kiss my ass. I'm wearing my jeans, right? So, but as the day goes on, the, you know, the public shaming gets worse and worse. So I'm like, okay, I'm untucking my shirt. I'm trying to cover it up. Everybody's like, dude, Sean's wearing girl pants. You know, I'm in seventh grade in junior high, and this is humiliating. So immediately I get home and... You know, I, this was a better lesson. I kind of learned my lesson at this stage. Okay, I gotta if I'm gonna do some of this stuff that's ridiculous like this, then I've got to I've got to figure out some like pay attention to the details. And like I said, we go through life and we learn lessons at different points. So I, I remember that I remember getting home and my mom, and it wasn't the same day, but it was within a couple weeks of this. She had found some. She had found some. Um, fabric that looked like the Quicksilver shirts. It was this striped fabric and she was going to make me a shirt that was, you know, in our, in her head, like the same as the Quicksilver shirt. And I remember I shut that down immediately. I'm like, mom, I, trust me, I've tried this. These kids are smart. They, they know everything. Like if it's the, the wrong thread, we can't do it. I just got to, I just got to roll with, with what works for us. And, and so I remember shutting that down immediately. And, and, and so you guys can get, I love action takers. Like I said, I've always considered myself an action taker, but sometimes it's gotten me into a little bit of trouble because I didn't pay attention to the details. We have to, we always have to pay attention to those direction and have some direction and pay attention to the details. And many people in the vacation rental world, right? You're probably wondering, well, how the hell are we going to talk about vacation rentals with this, this crazy story, Sean? But really, I just wanted to, to leave an impression on you that we have to pay attention to the details. And in the vacation rental world, a lot of people take action and purchase properties without a real plan for what they do after they own it, right? They know that they want to go buy a property. They know they want to buy a, you know, supplement a vacation home with on Airbnb. And they use those platforms like Airbnb to help them. And they figure that that's all they need. And that makes their, their investment very, very market dependent. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Now compare that with the people who purchase a property with an actual acquisition plan to help them analyze the location and property type. They know how to identify the profit potential and the investability of an area that they're looking for and looking in. Then they have the specific management structure that fits their property and their location as well as their needs. Like right on the management and, and all that, that's a very hyper-local business. And they have a plan to figure out what is the right fit there. They know the details of who their target guest is, where they're coming from. They follow a plan to deliver this unique experience for their guests and get them to book their home without the help of the OTAs like the Airbnbs and the VRBOs and the bookings.com. They have a platform to follow up with all their happy guests to generate those repeat bookings. And the list can go on and on, right? They know how to, they understand customer acquisition. They understand customer retention. All of those different things. Who do you think has a better chance to succeed in this business and really maximize their investment? The person that goes into it and takes massive action without a plan or that person who takes massive action but has a very detailed plan? 
obviously the person that has a plan and pays attention to those details. So guys, that's really the lesson that I want to share with you today. I know that that's a, you know, we'll, we'll get back to our interviews, but that's a lesson that, that's, that's important for people to know. This is a very detail-oriented business. Everything in life, if you want results, you've got to take action. That's, you've got to commit to action, and many times you have to take you know, consistent and action over time. But you have to have a plan. You have to pay attention to those details. And if you, if you do that, you're going to set yourself up with a much higher probability of success. You're not going to be market dependent. You're not going to be dependent on other factors like whether Airbnb changes their rules or VRBO decides they're not going to let you book or they're not going to let you talk to their customers or whatever, whatever happens in the market, you're not market dependent because you've got a plan of action revolving around all the different aspects of this business. And so that's my lesson, guys. Pay attention to the details and pay attention, have a plan, and then go take that massive action following your plan. That's all I've got you for you today. As always, if you got any value out of the podcast, please share it, leave us a review. And guys, I'll be back same time, same place next week, and we'll have a great interview for you coming up, and we'll see you then. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Lifestyle Asset University Podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit LifestyleAssetUniversity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.